Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. Team LeBron gets a win and leaves Cleveland with a question mark. Should Michigan's Juwan Howard be fired after a physical altercation? Plus, how did a 23-year-old make it through the wreckage to win the Daytona 500? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. LeBron James hits the game winner in Cleveland. Stop me if you've heard that one before. This one in the All-Star game where he is now 5-0 and picking teams. The Elam ending gives us the buzzer beater. We have a lot of fun with the 75-year team. Joining me now from Cleveland, Locked On Cavaliers host Chris Manning. And Chris, uh, we also early in the night got uh, the, the Chris Paul injury news. Steph Curry had 50 but, but came short of the record. What is going to be your memory of this game and this weekend in Cleveland? It was a really cool weekend overall. I think, you know, certainly a lot of just really cool things going on in the city because of the, uh, the All-Star 75, the 75 greatest players in league history. To me, is the thing I remember because I, I think immediately I could be in the moment. I, I thought seeing those guys all honored at halftime, the ones that made it, the ones that, you know, aren't here because they passed away, the ones that decided not to come and they did videos too, and some of which became memes, like was just a really cool – thing to see and like LeBron talking to MJ like James Harden sitting next to John Stockton I wonder what they talked about that whole environment was cool and then the game itself was great Steph was on fire LeBron hits the game winner something he's done a lot he he was really focused on the city in a way the whole week um it was a cool week and it was capped off by you know a very cool night and a very cool finish to a game that got competitive that got chippy that's kind of all you can really hope for for an all-star there was also two little nuggets that came out of this weekend, Chris, and and they were both LeBron James related. Um, LeBron refused to close the door on coming back to Cleveland. And we also heard this week, oh, yeah, LeBron wants to play his last year with his son, which could open the door yes. to playing anywhere. What did you make of the latest in the where could LeBron James go next and could it be Cleveland? Well, I, let's start with the Bronny part of it because I find this fascinating because, A, I saw someone in the crowd walking around the concourse. I have photo proof of this in case anyone doesn't believe me, but someone did have a Bronny Sierra Canyon High School jersey on at this All-Star game, which I found fascinating. Um, number two, I, like, I, I think we need to see how good he is. I mean, I think he's like a top 30-ish recruit in his class. Like, I don't know if that's perhaps the pros. The rules would have to change. There's like a lot that has to happen for us to see like what that is really going to look like. It's also just the, the LeBron flirting with Cleveland um, is pretty apparent. And I mean, like he had Garland and Allen on his team. He went out of his way to praise every, everyone in Cleveland basically that he kind of felt like he needed to. Like the flirting was real. And like it's, it's not, it's, it's not going to be an immediate thing, right? Because he has another year in his Lakers contract. We need to see what that's going to look like. The Bronny part of this will certainly play a part in this story. There's a lot left to be written, but um, the flirting was real. It was very apparent. He got asked about it directly and he didn't like avoid the question. He leaned into it in a way that I find fascinating for a guy that is as calculated as he is. And this certainly will not be the, the last time I think we talk about this. Thanks for making Locked On Today your first listen of the day. Coming up, should Michigan's head coach Juwan Howard be fired after slapping another coach? That's next. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Chris Paul played in the All-Star game, but he will be lost 
for a while. That is why you play to win in the regular season. The Suns finding out during a celebratory All-Star weekend, Monty Williams coaching Devin Booker, Chris Paul in the game that the hand injury that Paul suffered in the final game heading into the break against the Houston Rockets at home last Wednesday night will force Paul to miss at least six to eight weeks. At least that is what the team is saying. A right hand injury that will be reevaluated in six to eight weeks. Brendan Clean here with Locked On Suns. Just hours after Paul ha had the update, but that came via Ali LaForce during the broadcast of the All-Star Game on TNT, which Paul went on to play in. Yes, Paul did appear for just under three minutes in the game. The hand cast that he had been sporting throughout media availabilities during the weekend was not there. He was able to be out for the NBA 75 festivities at halftime. Again, no hand wrap then. So TBD on what exactly is going on here. We have seen Paul beat the timeline in previous situations with his hand in the past he has had a history of hand injuries so we would imagine the suns will play this fairly slowly they don't have any reason to force it up six and a half games in the western conference right now and in the nba the absolute best record in the league so no reason to push it play things patiently chris paul likely to be back by the playoffs if all goes well the United States beat New Zealand 5-0 in the She Believes Cup in Carson, California on Sunday afternoon, thanks in large part to three own goals from New Zealand defender Michaela Moore. The U.S., which has not allowed a goal on home soil in nearly two years since a 3-1 win over Japan in the final match of the 2020 She Believes Cup, now leads the standings with four points from two games. If you missed the big upset on Saturday, a first for the Florida Gators. The Florida Gators have never beaten the number two team in the country in Gainesville until now. The Florida Gators just upset the number two Auburn, Auburn Tigers previously. Number two Auburn Tigers. The Tigers have not won in Gainesville since 1996, and that stretch continues, and I'm ecstatic about that. One thing that I'm also ecstatic about is this really helps the Gators' chances of actually making the March Madness tournament, but also one thing I'm not super stoked about, Mike White might have just extended his time in Gainesville, which we'll talk about that and a whole lot more on this Monday's episode of Locked On Gators. Spring training games won't begin until at least March 5th. Major League Baseball announced in a statement saying, we regret that without a collective bargaining agreement in place, we must postpone the start of spring training games. All 30 clubs are unified in their strong desire to bring players back to the field and fans back to the stands. Talks between the league and the players union should intensify this week as the deadline to start the regular season on time looms. Negotiations are scheduled for today, just the seventh time that the two sides have gotten together since the lockout began December 2nd. Here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for your daily gambling needs. Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, two quarterbacks with unknown futures. Bet Online has the odds for where each QB could land with Aaron Rodgers, the top teams and odds are if he leaves San Francisco 3 to 1, Denver 7 to 2, Buccaneers 4 to 1, Steelers 5 to 1, Colts 15 to 2, Saints 10 to 1. Interesting, the 49ers are favorites there. For Russell Wilson, the top teams and odds are the Bucks at 7 to 2, Saints 4 to 1, Steelers 4 to 1, Dolphins 5 to 1, Raiders 8 
to one bet online where the game starts. Here is another story you need to know. The 15th ranked Wisconsin Badgers beat Michigan 77-63, but the final score is not the story here. After the whistle, Michigan coach Juwan Howard and Wisconsin coach Greg Gard got into it to the point that hands were thrown, a brawl ensued, and things got really, really ugly. Joining me now from Locked on Wolverines, Isaiah Hole and, and Isaiah We've heard from both coaches. We've heard from the Big Ten. What, at this point, do we know about what happened at the end of the game? I know that Jawan was unapologetic when it came to what happened afterwards, which I I don't think is the right stance to have by any stretch uh, because it just doesn't really seem like it matters what was said, uh, you know, or whether he was grabbed or Greg Gard put you know put a finger in his face which was kind of the impetus of what happened when uh both both things when Jawan got into it with Mark Turgeon the former Maryland basketball coach last year uh but uh I'm not really sure that we're we're gonna 100% know exactly what actually went down it did seem like Wisconsin's brass kind of did instigate a little bit in the sense that Juwan wasn't very happy with in a blowout situation with mostly backups in. There was the the timeout that was called, and he see, certainly took umbrage to that. And then the things that were said in the the posts and the handshake and everything of that seemed like that was obviously what escalated things. But Juwan's hundred percent at fault, though. That's that's the thing. It doesn't doesn't really matter what was said uh, if you're supposed to be a leader of men, head basketball coach in the big 10 conference. If you're supposed to, uh, you know, ad- adhere to the, the Michigan credo leaders and best, there's nothing that someone should say to you that would get you to the point where you, you can call it a punch. You can call it an open hand punch. You can call it a slap. I mean, it kind of, I think you're, you're really, if you start trying to get at the nuance there, I think it just doesn't really matter. It's fortunate that that didn't get to be a lot worse, especially for Michigan being on the road in hostile territory. I mean, it could have gone so much worse. And honestly, if if Greg Gard or his assistants said or did anything, you just got to keep your composure, get through it, and then go through the proper channels and let them get reprimanded for it. Or let that story get heard, and you become the hero. Instead, you're the you're the the star of a very bad movie. You know, you're a villain now, and I, I just think it's really inexcusable. Uh, and I say this as someone who is very friendly with Juwan Howard. He's nothing but class and niceness, and as far as our own interpersonal relationship. But I mean, that was there for the entire world to see, and you're not going to live that down, probably ever. So. It really tarnishes what you're trying to be as the head coach of the University of Michigan. And it's going to have repercussions beyond just slap on the wrist. Well, and, and that was the other question I wanted to ask. What do you think is the resolution here as as the Big Ten comes out? And in their statement, I think it's worth noting, Juwan Howard is the only person named directly. We are aware of the situation with Juwan Howard what do you think ends up happening here? 
Well, I think it's going to have to be pending a little bit more of an investigation. Yes, he was the only one that was mentioned. Yes, he was the one who it did what he did. But uh, I, I think a lot of that, it was proactive from I had saw that uh, Wisconsin's AD had reached out to Kevin Warren immediately. Uh, so they were very proactive about it. Uh, I'm not saying that he shouldn't have full consequences, but I think it will stop short of a firing. Coming up, how did a 23-year-old make it through the wreckage to win the Daytona 500? Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the best protein bar I've ever tried. And that should be enough because I have tried all of them. It's the protein bar that truly does taste like a candy bar. The puffs, have you tried the puffs? You are missing out if you have not tried the puffs because the consistency, it's protein flavored marshmallow. I mean, come on, come on. It. What more do you want? Marshmallow with protein in it? Covered in chocolate? They're unbelievable, they're incredible. And I hope that you are will check them out and to incentivize you to check them out. You can have a promo code. How about 15% off when you go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15. 15% off when you use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off on your next order at built.com. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the day. Austin Sindrick became the second youngest winner of the Daytona 500 on Sunday night after a lot of starting and stopping because, as is usually the case at Daytona, there was a lot of carnage, a lot of wreckage, and he won. He was the guy standing at the end. Joining me now from WCNC, Ashley Stroline and, and Ashley, take us through how this all ended. Yeah, you had that, you know, Two-lap shootout there at the end on the restart. Austin Stendrick, as you mentioned, he was the leader. He was out front. He had teammate Ryan Blaney behind him, Bubba Wallace behind him, trying to give that push on that inside line. On the outside, you had Brad Keselowski and Chase Briscoe. Brad wanting so badly to get his first Daytona 500. Of course, uh, it was his first race with his new team that he joined this year, leaving Team Penske. In the end, Austin Cindric and Team Penske were victorious in the Daytona 500 and just such a cool moment for Cindric, uh, his rookie season. He did compete some last year in the Cup Series to prepare himself for this, but it's Roger Penske's 85th birthday. You get it done for the captain. Team Penske's feeling really good. And, and you know, at the end of last season, Austin Cindric actually lost the Xfinity Series championship. It was a restart. A caution came out. He was the leader. He lost to Daniel Hemrick. He certainly made up for it on Sunday, winning the Daytona 500. And the restart part of this, the caution flag, how do you think that changes your strategy if you're a driver yeah and there, like you said strategy there's so much that goes into it from you know how much gas did you save for the end of the race what if you're under caution for you know x amount of laps can you make it to the finish on that restart right so there's just so much that goes into it if you're the leader you're probably like man i wish we could have finished this race under green i don't want the caution i don't want someone else to, uh, to get a chance to catch me if you're maybe in second place or, or third and you think you've got a shot you are living for that restart suddenly your entire strategy has changed and you're thinking, all right, maybe I can maneuver something. I can, at the Daytona 500, maybe you can get that push if you pick the right line to, to restart in. And, and as you saw for Bubba Wallace, he came up second, so close, kind of a photo finish there to, to getting around that. Ryan Blaney, Austin Cindric's teammate, he was nice for a little bit, got the push, got them out front. He wanted the win. He went for it. Cindric through the block. Bubba came in second. But, you know, the cautions kind of cause that much more drama because in a lot of these races, not just super speedway racing, like on Sunday, 
but the caution kind of brings the field back together, right? It, it brings bunches everyone back up versus some of the tracks where they get so spread out and the same person leads the final, you know, 50 laps and, and goes on to win. So, so many different things that I will talk all day about it. So we'll stop there. And finally, a story, man, this story. The men's 500-kilometer cross-country skiing race in the Winter Olympics was shortened to 30 kilometers, but in frigid temperatures, that did little to help Finland's Remy Lindholm. More on little in a second. After the race, Lindholm needed a heat pack to warm up his nether region because it was frozen. This is not the first time his area has frozen during the race, nor is it the first time a man has made an excuse about his nether regions because of the cold. Coming up Tuesday, who do we need to watch for as we head down the stretch in the NBA? So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today.